Welcome to Malpractice Podcast. So, are you ready to get started? <laughs> I'm so ready to get started. Hi, everyone. Um, <laughs> we're your hosts. I'm Sydney. And I'm Jess. And we greeted you on time today. <laughs> Correct. This is malpractice, and it's malpractice in the morning. Wow. We're recording in the morning. You like that? Malpractice in the morning. That sounds uh, bad. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> we'll bring you malpractice anytime. Yeah. Sometimes when I email people for interviews, they're like, I'm sorry, are you trying to like catch me? <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 we're good. Like, it's Do not... you need to be caught though, bitch? Do you need to be caught? <laughs> are you caught? guilty though? Like, excuse me, Dr. So-and-so, are you guilty or what? They're like, I don't know if I want to be on a podcast called malpractice. Am I doing something wrong? And I'm like, I don't know. Are you? Are you? That's, Could that's you for be? you? To know and us to find out, motherfucker. Correct. <laughs> Sir or ma'am. Y'all, um, Sydney's face is mm, glowing mm, right mm. now. What happened was we're recording in the morning, so I put on my little serum and now my face in is the morning. very dewy. Dewy in the morning. <laughs> You know how people have those, like, strips where they, like, d- wipe off extra dew? Mine is, yeah. like, the opposite. Like, I put on the dew. Because yeah. I never know. Are we, like, people are always switching back and forth between what's cool. Like, are we doing dewy stuff? Or are we doing, like, a matte face? Yeah. Make up your mind, society. I made up my mind. Mine is matte, except for whatever the fuck my upper lip <laughs> is doing right now. Because my face is so Yours is matte as oily. Fuck. So if I I can't if I embrace the dewy, it It's over. It's not dewy. It's like a slip and slide. <laughs> I, I can't do it. Listen, mine is the opposite. My face is so dry at all times, so like all the matte shit completely dries me out. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, if I put on... I don't know, but I wish I knew. If I put on a matte foundation, the next day my face will be, like, crusty. Like, it's so bad. Oh. Maybe not crusty. That sounded really gross. No. I said it, and then I was like, ooh, fuck. <laughs> um, so welcome to the eighth episode of season two. Damn. Isn't that wild? Damn. Yeah. Now, pals, welcome to all of you. If you're still hanging in there with us, just know that we we love you and we appreciate you. And thanks for listening. We do. Not in a weird way. We love you. No, it might be a little weird, but it's okay. <laughs> it's a little weird, but this like is, in a fun way. This is that um, prebiotic, probiotic sparkling water I was telling you about. Oh, my God. What is it called? It's called Poppy. Isn't it? I'm going to so bleep cute? it out. No one gets a free ride. Sponsor us. It's <laughs> a startup. I saw them on Shark oh, Tank. What's up? This one is raspberry rosé. Rose. I dead ass had to check if it had alcohol, alcohol it in it. Like it does. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. The only thing I will say, each can is two fifty. That's kind of crazy. But also. But it's a probiotic. Prebiotic. I'd be doing stuff like that. Healthy gut, it says. Like, I buy kombucha that's like $5 a bottle. Like, bitches be wildin'. Oh, well, then this is fine. Correct. Because I'm like... It's fucking good. Here's the thing. The backstory that our listeners don't know is that my family has a long history of GI issues. 
I have a long history of GI issues. So anything that tells me it will make me poop, I'm like, I'll spend $12 on it. I don't even care. I take a probiotic. I drink a probiotic drink. I'm like, my gut bacteria needs to be snatched at all times. Yeah, but let me tell you something about Sydney, everyone. She will take all the things, will also eat all the dairy, is definitely lactose intolerant. (laughs) I was like, how do you know if you're lactose intolerant? Jess was like, do you need to poop after you drink milk or eat cheese? And I was like, yeah, always. She's like, does it make your stomach hurt? I was like, oh, big time. (laughs) She was like, that's it. You're lactose intolerant. You are. And like the other day, we're at Sydney's house Uh because... I'm obsessed. Correct. Same. So I stalked her at her house. <laughs> Just kidding. Michelle and I were traveling. But anyway, <laughs> we were at her house and she was like, blah, blah, blah. It was morning, fucking breakfast time. Michelle and I like are not breakfast people, but because we love Sydney, we're like, we'll eat your food. That shit was good. P.S. I'm From a her big garden. breakfast person. And Ooh. she's like, oh, I'm lactose intolerant. I think blah, blah, blah. Puts full on heavy cream into her coffee. <laughs> And then she's, like, finishing her chilaquiles, and she's like, do you want some cheese? I'm like, you are lactose intolerant. (laughs) And she's like, just a little sprinkle, sprinkles three gallons of of cheese. cheese. (laughs) Literally, I cannot stop eating cheese, cannot stop, will not stop. Do it almost every day. You do. You'll have fucking cheese trays. I eat a lot of cheese. Literally, I cannot stop doing it. And everyone in my life is like, you need help. Seek help. But do you like blue cheese? I hate blue cheese. Oh, I love blue cheese. Ew. Isn't it mold? Yeah, I think it is. Ew. Do you know what else? I'll eat that like camembert, like stinky ass, like stinky cheese. Why? I love it. It's so delicious. I fucks with cheese so hard, you guys. For our, I think it was like our third date, Eric took me to a cheese shop. Oh, yeah. You tell me this. <laughs> and then we, we bought like a, a variety of cheeses and a little bottle of wine and like a baguette. And we went on kayaks and had like a picnic. And I was like, oh, we about to get married. <laughs> See, it's not crazy to say that. It's not crazy. You told me I was crazy. In my toast at Jess's wedding, I okay, first of all, <laughs> you went on one date with Michelle and you came back and you were like, we're getting married. And I was like, you're crazy. Stop being a crazy person, which I feel like is if a fair response. Michelle, you would say the same thing, everyone. Yeah. She's pretty great. She's marriage material for sure. For sure. Everyone who encountered her in a dating experience and didn't take her up on that is a fool. I don't know if she asked they... a lot of people. I don't want to know. <laughs> but they're idiots but they done fucked your up stupidity is my good luck so thank you very much correct thank you for michelle she's yeah. a blessing in our lives mine too we're all married <laughs> oh my god um oh my god i was gonna t- i was gonna send you a freaking tiktok but i didn't mm-hmm. it was about cats and it was this okay. girl I you know yeah this girl was like I so I was dating this guy I was getting kind of serious so I brought him home to meet my kittens correct <laughs> who the apparently they get into her apartment and he's like oh can you put your cats away no bitch like while I'm here I'm gonna put you and away she was like get out <laughs> correct and the kittens are in the video like this mm, told you and she was like I told him to get out because you don't pass the test Mm-mm. if you don't let my kittens and then it's just a frame of her like this. With her kittens, like, <laughs> like bitch, what? Come at us. <laughs> They're like. Hmm. First of all, 
And it reminded me of when your cat was perched the other day judging the fuck out of us. Correct. My my girl cat is a judgmental girl. She looks at you like she wants to fight you every day. Hates you. Every day. I wake up and she's looking she at me like, you. I want to fight you. And I'm like, can you not? I just woke up. It's so rude. And she like watches me from the corner like yeah. judgmentally. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. I don't trust you I'm like, you we've yet. literally known each other your whole life. So... I bottle fed you. You hoe ass. Literally. And she's like, I'm not sure yet. Like, bitch, you wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for Correct. Me. She's like, jury's still out. And I'm like, what? On what? Who raised you? <laughs> it's me. I'm like scared of her. She will so everybody should swipe be. you. Oh, she fights everyone. And everyone's like, she's so beautiful. Because she is a beautiful she cat. Is. Yeah. And she knows it. And it makes her judgmental. Yeah. No, she's Do right. you know what I mean? She's like, I'm perfect. And she knows it. And she, like, leans into it. She's a mean girl. Yeah, she is a mean girl. She would bully other girls for sure. She bullies me. (laughs) She bullies you. Who here feels personally victimized by the lady cat? Me. Raise our hands. Mew, mew. Me. Are you ready to talk about illnesses? Oh, I'm so ready. I am super excited to talk to you guys about the bubonic plague. Bum, bum, bum. I thought you were about to... (laughs) I saw your head go back. I thought you were going to go, ah, 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 for some reason. <laughs> and I was like, you didn't do it. I didn't, but I really like this topic. It's so Me fucking too. cool. So yeah, the bubonic plague, a.k.a. the Black Death. And dun, the dun. history of this bad boy is one of the first things that really got me interested in like medical history. So in a really sick way, I loved learning about how this disease got spread, how it impacted like basically everything in the middle ages so we're going to talk about all that today i love the middle ages not really correct i mean i love learning about them but fuck that i would never want to be in the middle ages oh no shit's wild grow to like 12 (laughs) and you're like that's my life they're like whoa i'm getting old i should start a family right now um anyway yeah they're like oh i survived my teens and they're like ma'am you're eight (laughs) (laughs) you haven't yet so i've been wanting to cover this for a while but like we launched the podcast during quarantine from a global pandemic so it felt super weird talking about a different pandemic that killed like 60 percent of the population of europe in the 14th century yeah um we started in october of last year and i've basically just been like waiting to do this topic until like the fog of quarantine lifted a little bit yeah and now that more people are getting vaccinated and some restrictions are being lifted i kind of wanted to celebrate that by covering something like super dark so (laughs) yeah it's like you know, when we were in the pandemic, everyone probably feels like this. They were like in the movie. They were like in Jumanji. And you're oh, like, wait correct. a minute. <laughs> correct. I never wanted this. This is not what I wanted to do. Uh, it doesn't feel right. So I, I definitely agree that you've waited. You've given the respectful time. Right. And this is a cool topic. It's gross. And I love it. Exactly. So I'm excited. Me too. Like during the pandemic, Eric, like as soon as lockdown started, Eric and I watched the zombie movie 28 days later and it was like, this is too much. I'm personally not ready for like a zombie attack. So let me work on my cardio first. <laughs> no, I don't watch. <laughs> Why did I write that? I'm so dumb. <laughs> I don't watch um, movies like that. I don't like the. Honestly, Handmaid's Tale is getting a little too close for comfort for me. I'm getting a little scared. Too close to home. Yeah. So I don't watch shit like that. We I started watching Handmaid's Tale during the like the Trump presidency and I was like, oh, it's yep. a little real. Too real. Too real. Pull it back. 
I can only watch a little bit. Michelle was like, why do you like this? It's so dark. And I'm like, it's so it's dark. It's a little scary. And yeah. then an episode got a little too close to home. I'm like, no case. Pause. It's like um, Ozark. So Eric and I love the show Ozark. Yes. And I recommended it to yes, my parents. Loved it too. And my mom was like, first of all, I love Jason Bateman. Yeah. So much. I don't know why. I have like the biggest crush on Jason Bateman. And I, I told Eric either, that. And Eric was like, is am I like Jason Bateman? And I was like, a hundred percent. A thousand percent. (laughs) They have the same, like, very dry sense of humor. And he's, like, always the, like, straight man, the responsible guy. And I'm like, that's Eric. A hundred percent. Eric. This is an Eric appreciation episode. And Michelle. We got some Michelle in here. I do love Michelle. Can't lie. Married her twice. Would do it thrice. (laughs) Would do it thrice. (laughs) Don't stop. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we'll do it this again this is me without coffee y'all watch out watch out okay so the bubonic plague aka the black death let's oh, get wow. into it good transition thank you okay back to plague. <laughs> okay coffee so plague <laughs> so the second plague caused by this disease was the deadliest pandemic in human history killing an estimated 200 million people across eurasia and north africa so Jesus Christ. correct the plague is a zoonotic vector-borne disease. Zoonotic diseases are those that can spread between animals and people, so things like Lyme disease, Salmonella, West Nile virus, and possibly the COVID-19 novel virus, depending on who you ask about that particular origin story. Right, right. <laughs> According to the CDC, six out of every 10 infectious diseases in the U.S. are zoonotic or circulated by animal populations. Goddamn! Right. So part of that is also, we'll talk about this later, but part of that is also going to come up with like climate change. So Mm. as the climate changes, we're coming into contact with more animals than we normally would. Or should. Animals that you wouldn't normally come into contact with are now in contact with you and they're bringing more of these zoonotic diseases along with them. Um, Like tigers. Right. In Houston. Tigers roaming the streets of Houston. Absolutely not. (laughs) That is a... Fuck that. (laughs) Cannot... I mean, that happened because some guy was probably on meth, but also... (laughs) You should not come in contact with a tiger. I have no interest in coming into contact with a tiger. Not even in, like, a petting zoo. I'm not interested. Nope. Don't don't bring a tiger to me and say, pet this. I'm not not doing it. It's not okay. Won't. Won't. Shorn't. So... Like I said, it's also a vector-borne disease, and vector-borne diseases are transmitted by an insect vector, so like how malaria is transmitted by mosquitoes. Mm. And in the case of the plague, a rod-shaped bacteria called Yersinia pestis is responsible. So small mammals like rats, squirrels, chipmunks, and prairie dogs can easily act as a host to the disease. During what is called an enzootic cycle, low levels of the Y pestis bacteria circulate inside the small animals with almost no symptoms. So the animals themselves are not experiencing the same symptoms that like people do at first. And it does this so that it will stay undetected and that the rodents don't die off because if it kills the host, then it likely won't spread anymore. So viruses are really or uh, bacteria are really smart that way. Very smart. However, when the fleas that are living on the rats get infected with the bacteria, it can spread to other animals in what is called an epizootic cycle. So this is where oh my humans... God. Right. Fleas. Correct. 
and this is where humans are most likely to get infected, causing an outbreak among people. So the flea bites the rat that's living with the bacteria. The flea gets infected, and the bacteria travels to the flea's stomach, where it starts multiplying. Yeah. Within three to nine days after infection, there's so much of the bacteria inside the flea's stomach that it literally blocks off the flea's esophagus. I was not prepared for you to go into this detail. I know. This is disgusting. It's so <laughs> gross, right? But kind of cool. Yeah, no, it's super gross. Yeah. So then what happens next is that the flea tries to bite something else, but it can't take in any more blood, which is what fleas eat, but it'll keep trying. And while it does so, some of the bacteria from the flea's stomach will travel into the next animal that the flea is trying to bite. In some cases, like we'll see on merchant ships where conditions are really poor and rats were living in close contact with people, it is not uncommon for fleas to jump from rats onto people and trying to bite the people, they inject some of that bacteria into the wound. Oh, God. So for a really long period of time, I know, I know. It's like, ooh, doo, 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 doo. I'm so itchy right now. I'm like, what's going on? Grody, grody. So, for really long periods of time, everybody thought that the rats were to blame for the disease, but it's actually most likely that it was spread by the fleas that were on the rats who went on to bite and infect people that were in close contact with the rats. And that's what probably Mm. caused the disease outbreak. So, the rats were just the host. Correct. Okay. So the modern theory is that the Yersinia pestis bacteria is a bloodborne pathogen that spreads from the blood to the lymphatic system. So in people, in bubonic Mm. plague, it eventually ends up in the lymph nodes of the infected host where it replicates over and over, just like it did in the flea's stomach, until the infection spreads to the liver, the spleen, the lungs, and other organs. So this is important too. If you're bitten by another flea while the infection is in your bloodstream, that flea can become infected, and now the whole life cycle of the disease starts over again. So, like, isn't that super interesting? No, that's disgusting. <laughs> I know you wanted me to say yes, but that is gross. I did, yeah. My all I could it's think like, about for like thirty seconds of that little section was you being able to say that Greek whatever name of the bacteria. <laughs> I was like, damn, I could never rattle that off. I'd be like, Yersinia pesticist. <laughs> <laughs> pestis oh damn hello <laughs> you're focused solely on the pronunciation <laughs> i'm like wow she reads i words i do <laughs> fucks with reading full disclosure but you're a scientist correct so so to me as a scientist this is all super fun like it's crazy and gross but it's fun so that's how the disease spreads in its enzootic host whether that's people or rats And the incubation period is usually between one to seven days, which means that from the day you come into contact with the infectious agent, in this case, the the Yersinia pestis bacteria, it takes one to seven days before you see the onset of symptoms. So that's the incubation period. Okay. Speaking of symptoms, here are the ones associated with the bubonic plague. So everyone has heard probably of the characteristic buboes, which are the swollen, round, painful lymph nodes. These are commonly found in your armpits, your groin, and your neck area, um, like at the base or around your neck. And there are also way more general symptoms like fever, aches and chills, nausea, and or vomiting, sometimes vomiting with blood. 
um, fatigue, GI issues, and lots of other like really general symptoms. But the characteristic one is the buboes. So all of those other symptoms are pretty like flu-like, honestly. It's like yeah. Besides the large, painful lymph nodes, they are unique to the bubonic plague, or no? Basically, yeah. Those buboes. I was scared to say the word again. <laughs> So I didn't know if I could say it. I'm like, don't say it. Don't, <laughs> don't say it. Okay, you got to say it. Yeah, exactly. So if you have those buboes, that's a really strong indicator of the plague. Um, and as the disease progresses, it's not uncommon for the lymph nodes to, I know this is so gross, to hemorrhage or burst <laughs> or to become necrotic. So the tissue turns black and basically starts dying from the inside. Ah, black. Right. So mm-hmm. that's the bubonic plague. And... There are two other types of plagues that the original bacteria infection can also lead to. The other one is the septicemic plague, which causes sepsis or bacterial infection inside the bloodstream that can lead to what's called disseminated intervascular coagulation. And basically that means that... Wow. Did you like that? A mouthful. I know. <laughs> I, ever, I was like... Oh. Yeah. <laughs> So that condition is also called DIC, and what that means is that the blood clots form throughout the small vessels in your body, and all of your body's clotting factors are used up, so then your body can't control internal bleeding. Damn, that sucks. And what that looks like is massive, terrible bruising or bleeding under the surface of the skin, and it's almost always fatal if you don't treat it. Jesus. So... I'm not a thousand percent sure about this, but I think that that's part of why they call it the Black Plague. Yeah. Because your fingers and toes start to turn black as the infection spreads and they become gangrenous. Yeah, it is. the. I don't know all the scientific pieces of this because that's not my shit. But when I taught it in yeah. world history, it was that. That's why people were like you yeah. have the plague that's what i think it is because your fingers and toes basically turn black as as the like infection spreads and they were like get out of here and the end of your nose like places yes. with lots of small vessels turn yep. turn black basically and so the third type of infection so you have the bubonic plague the septicemic plague and then the third one is the pneumonic plague and this one is actually the most virulent one So this is where the infection travels to your lungs and causes respiratory issues like pneumonia, difficulty breathing, coughing, and chest pain. And one important thing to note is that the coughing starts as really dry at first and then quickly becomes, how do I say this in the least gross way? Um, not dry. Wet. Wet. Yeah, it's a wet cough. <laughs> Ew. Correct. That sounded gross. So you basically end up coughing up blood and bacteria from inside your lungs. Cool. Correct. Love that on this so Monday gross. morning. And this Thank one, you for sharing. You're welcome. <laughs> Happy Memorial Day. Right. So this one is more serious and less common than the, than the bubonic plague, but it's still present in part of the Americas, Asia, and Africa. So vaccines are actually being developed as we speak. Um, untreated, the pneumonic plague is nearly 100% fatal. Um, and this one is particularly prone to outbreaks because as we've learned with COVID, when you have a disease that makes you cough, aerosolized particles can spread infectious agents and cause other people to become infected, whether that's bacteria or a virus. So the incubation period for this type of plague can also be as little as 24 hours. So it would be super critical to get help as soon as you see the symptoms, or if you think that you might have come into contact with someone who had the pneumonic plague. 
Unfortunately, when cases are really severe and the bacteria spreads quickly, it's also possible to die within those first 24 hours. Um, all I heard just then was, you're always going to wear a mask. You're always going to wear a mask. Like, you'll wear a mask Correct. for the rest of your life. <laughs> people can get the, new, the pneumonic plague in their lungs by being in contact with people who have it. Yes. Correct. Yes. But can people give the bubonic plague to one another... Because that is my other concern. Yeah, okay. Because I don't want it. (laughs) That's a good question. It's theoretically possible. In the later stages of untreated bubonic plague, the pustules, the the buboes, can burst. The (laughs) buboes. The buboes? The buboes can burst, which I know is disgusting. No. Right. And when they do, the bacteria in those fluids could come into contact with another person and cause an infection. Oh, my God. But you likely would have to have, like, tons of contact with the fluids or get it directly into your body somehow. So it's much more likely that the bubonic plague develops into the pneumonic plague via the respiratory infection, and it spreads that way. I'm so upset that you explained that to me, even though I did ask you the question. You did. You did. <laughs> but it's a very um, gross thing to know. Yeah. It's graphic. Yeah. This whole episode should come with a trigger warning for gross stuff. It's too late now. People in it, they in it to win it. <clears throat> should have said it at the top. Trigger warning. Warning. <laughs> warning. Warning. <laughs> so the bubonic plague has a mortality rate of like 30 to 60% when left untreated, but the pneumonic plague is nearly 100% fatal when left untreated. So it's the worst one for sure. And the bubonic plague can become pneumonic, like I said, if it gets into your lungs. But the pneumonic one can be passed from person to person using respiratory droplets like the flu, smallpox, SARS, COVID, and lots of other airborne pathogens that cause diseases in humans. Don't like that. Right. So the plague is also a category A pathogen because it can be readily passed from person to person. And it would lead to high mortality rates if, uh, if ignored so exactly like COVID. The other thing that's crazy about the pneumonic plague is that after you die, your body can still be infectious to those who come into contact with it. God damn it. Right. People who were preparing bodies for funerals or healthcare workers who were like handling, you know, to the extent that like they had the Middle Ages had (laughs) healthcare workers, right? Um, Anybody that was like handling handling um, people who had it or handling corpses were like really likely to become infected. My God. All it would take theoretically is like a few bacterium to enter the body for a full blown infection to take place because they start replicating almost immediately. And if you're not aware of what's happening and how to stop it, it's super easy to unknowingly infect those around you. But when antibiotic medications are administered early, the plague is now like very much treatable. So it still exists, but we know exactly how to treat it. And it's pretty easy. You can get the bubonic plague. To this day. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. There were actually. I'm never leaving my apartment. I'm never leaving. I live here. I stay here now. Since you asked about it, globally, between 2010 and 2015, there were 3,248 undocumented or documented cases, which resulted in 584 deaths in 2010 to 2015. I am shook. In October of 2017, the deadliest outbreak of the plague in modern times hit Madagascar, and it killed 170 people and infected thousands of others. <gasps> Correct. 
What? So, right. I thought I know. this was, I dead ass thought it was done. Dun-dun. No, it is not eradicated. It's still around. But <gasps> I'll never go anywhere. Right. Good sanitation practices and pest control that minimizes human contact with infected fleas and rodents makes a big difference. And I'm down to kill off all the rodents, to be honest. <laughs> I, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> But also antibiotic availability makes all the difference. So developing nations are always going to be at the highest risk. So anything that anybody that doesn't have like ready access to antibiotics, that's that's where there's going to be a problem. Right. I don't like this. With all three types of plague, antibiotics administered close to the onset of symptoms can treat people. This works because the infection, like I said, is caused by a bacterium. So things like streptomycin, gentamicin, and tetracyclines are able to kill the organism that causes it. So now that we know antibiotics mostly work and they are readily available to large swaths of the population, there are fewer outbreaks and fewer deaths, but it definitely has not completely gone away. So when did we find antibiotics? And by find, I mean someone figured that shit out. They didn't find... That would be crazy if you just found an antibiotic. You're like, here it is. Okay. This guy basically found an antibiotic. Stop! Yes. He literally... Okay. So they've been around for a pretty long time, but it wasn't until the 20th century that we knew that bacteria was causing the infection. So now that we know that, you know... Infections are pretty easily treatable, like pneumonia and diarrhea. Before we knew that, they were the number one causes of death in the world. And Alexander Fleming was the scientist who discovered penicillin. And he actually left a plate of bacteria growing in his lab. He went away for a vacation. And he came back to find that mold had spread across his bacterial plates. AFL, that's fucking disgusting. He sounds like a Correct. goddamn slob. And as a scientist, are you offended by his habits? I would be offended, except this is exactly how he found penicillin, because he came back and he was like, oh, wherever the mold is growing, and the mold is called penicillium notatum, the bacterial colonies had all died. So he isolated the mold and started growing cultures of it, and that's how penicillin was born. He literally just messed up. And let mold grow on his plates. And that's how he discovered penicillin. That's fucking disgusting. Isn't that crazy, though? But, like, good job? Right. He literally... Was he white? Yeah. His name is Alexander Fleming. He 100% was white. I know. I just wanted to articulate that white men accidentally become heroes all the time. Correct. He straight up... (laughs) Because they're slobs. He straight up failed up on this. Yes! But then he was like, okay, so it grows... He's like, wherever the mold grew... The bacteria died. So maybe if I, like, isolate this mold, I can start using it to disinfect human wounds. And that's what he did. And so by the 1940s... Okay, so he was smart. Correct. He was also he smart. Was just he just... Disorganized. Disorganized and probably a genius. But... Uh, so he started using it to disinfect human wounds. And by the 1940s, it was being mass-produced and being used to treat all kinds of bacteria-related issues. But because we didn't know about that until the 1900s, when the Black Plague swept across the world, it caused several pandemics throughout history, and it killed millions and millions of people. Honestly, I was hoping you were going to talk about the history of the plague pandemics, because I do love this topic, because it's real and I'm scared. <laughs> I know you do. As soon as I told you about this, you were like, ooh. Ooh, I'm scared. <laughs> yeah, and it's also wild, so I'm really excited to tell you it. So let's get into it the history 
Okay. Basically, human settlements started relying on agriculture during the, like, agricultural revolution around 10,000 years ago. The bacteria at that point probably evolved and began jumping to human hosts, like, around between 10,000 and 5,000 years ago. So along with all the good that the agricultural revolution brought about, it also led to animals coming into much closer contact with people. People started domesticating animals like pigs and cows and sheep and chickens and whatever. Yep. And they also started raising things, uh, agricultural products like grain, and then storing them in large quantities, which obviously drew pests to their settlements like rodents. Because rodents were like, well, you're storing grain in huge quantities. That's like a super easy meal for me. So rodents brought with them like fleas and all the gross things that came along with them. Mice and rats understood that staying close to human settlements meant they basically always had an easy meal. So mice and rats were actually unintentionally domesticated alongside the animals that we actually meant to breed. That's disgusting because I hate them. Correct. How long has this actually been around and when did the huge plagues actually happen? So they found human... Part of the problem is that Yersinia pestis, when it infects people, it doesn't usually leave... Uh, like any kind of sign on their bones or anything like that. So we don't actually know. Oh, so we wouldn't know. We wouldn't necessarily know whether it caused these massive die-offs. However, they've actually done some uncovering of human specimens in Asia and Europe that had the Yersinia pestis bacteria stuck in their teeth from around like 5,000 years ago. Disgusting. Floss, people. Floss. So they... (laughs) Right. (laughs) Floss 5,000 years ago. (laughs) When you live to 12 years old, you don't have time to, like, fuck with flossing. You don't have... You can't waste a second of your life. Correct. 12-year-olds now, you don't know how good you've got it. <laughs> are there 12-year-olds listening? I hope not. I really hope not. But if if you are, go to bed. I don't know. <laughs> go to bed. It's 10 a.m. So this bacteria was probably linked to this event called the Neolithic Decline, where massive swaths of Europe mysteriously mysteriously died off at around that time they think it originally came from china specifically from mongol empires and spread to europe through the movement of people so we know exactly how it happened on three specific pandemics on record there have been three great world pandemics one in 541 one in 1347 which is the big one of the like middle ages and one in 1894 and each time the plague pops up it kills millions of people and changes like the history of the world forever so yeah right the first one, called the Plague of Justinian, originated in North Africa around uh, 541 AD. At this time, the Sassian Empire, which was basically the Sassi Empire. Sass. Sass. They're, they're dishing up sass. Sassafras. Um, that's like the early Persian Empire. And the Byzantine Empire mm-hmm. hated each other, and they were like always at war. So, As you do. Correct. At the time, the capital city of the Byzantine Empire, Constantinople, imported nearly all of the grain it it needed to feed its citizens from North Africa, specifically from Egypt. So one of these ships carrying grain happened to be carrying rats that were infected with the Yersinia pestis bacteria. Basically, all hell broke loose. God damn it. But like, as a rat, can you think of anywhere better to live than on a ship filled with grain? I hate that rats are a part of this episode i freaking hate all rodents 
So basically, people start dying really quickly in Constantinople. Like, the estimates are between five and 10,000 people died every day. And so then it starts spreading to other port cities in the area, weakening the Byzantine Empire's army enough to the point that it was easily defeated. Oh, wow. The rats. They kill them. Isn't that crazy? Honestly, anything's possible. It also marked the end of the Roman Empire and likely contributed to its decline as well. So over the next three years, the plague raged. The plague raged through Italy. The plague raged. Plague raged. (laughs) 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 Through (laughs) Italy, France, Iberia. It spread to Denmark, Ireland, then on to Africa, the Middle East, and Asia. Between 542 and 546 AD, these epidemics likely killed nearly 100 million people. How do we know for sure that that was the bubonic plague? Because it sounds like bitches be dying these times. Bitches do be dying. So there were these historians at the time that were like actually describing and recording the pustules and the bubos that were covering the bodies of the people who died. So everyone now, like medical historians, are pretty sure that it was the plague because it's a really uncommon symptom for anything else. Right. This Can you imagine being the person of your friend group to be like, I really think we need to write down what's going on. And Seems everyone like else everyone's like, dying. No, we just need to not die. <laughs> Correct. And you're like, just, I just want to describe it. Hold on one second. This is it down. so important. It's going to be like in... In 2,000 years, people are going to be looking at this and be like, what happened? Right. Imagine being that guy. That ain't me. No, I'm not that I'd guy. I'd be like, I'm scared. I'd be like, I'm running for my life. I'd be one of those people who's like running around in the streets, like flailing their arms. <laughs> Just like, what do I do? Ah! So this guy, and the guy's name is Giovanni Boccaccio. I, Dang, you can read words. What's, what's up, girl? It's because it's in the morning and I'm heavily caffeinated. He said, in men and women alike, at the beginning of the malady, certain swellings, either on the groin or under the armpits, waxed to the bigness of a common apple, others to Damn. the size of an egg, some more and some less. And these, the vulgar named plague boils. So they called mm, them plague boils. He's a poet. Boils. Yeah. I mean, he's a poet. He's like, he's and be what are you gonna... Right. Boo, I'm boo, like, boo. talk right, sir. It's 500 AD. Bitches have boils. Okay. Be direct. <laughs> Bitches have boils, period. So this like changed history forever because between tw- like around 25% of the entire population died in Europe, especially. That is crazy. And the diseases didn't even spread over the entire globe. It was mostly Europe. So if it had been able to spread everywhere like if more trade routes had been established imagine how much worse it could have been i don't want to think about that that's crazy 25 percent to 50 percent is like thanos avengers level numbers of people dying that's wild ain't nobody ready for that so that was the first pandemic and the second is the most well-known and this is where the the phrase the black death starts popping up they also Mm -hmm. called it the pestilence or the black plague but this is the worst pandemic to ever hit planet earth and it changed the course of history forever because it killed up to 200 million people so nearly 30 percent of the world's population at the time can you even imagine no no i would be flailing in the streets like i don't know flailing in the streets you'd have to right 
And it didn't just come out of nowhere. So the modern theory suggests that there were probably lots of small isolated cases in towns that were being killed off completely by the plague, but it didn't hit any major cities or towns for quite some time. So just like no one knew or was keeping written records of like what was headed their way. There was one guy who was probably like, oh, um, we need to write this down, bitches. <laughs> He's probably like, you need to be reading my fucking article. My article in the correct in the medieval times. <laughs> Listen to that man's podcast because he is on the ball. <laughs> and like at the time, most people were, you know, they were like blaming God or like whatever they did at the time. Yeah. I don't know. Witches. Witches. Yeah. Witches. Bitches. Somebody's. They're blaming somebody. Bitches. So it was <laughs> bitches be. Bitches be Bitches plaguing. be blamed. <laughs> bitches be getting blamed for sure. So it was active in Mongolia in the 1330s and it probably wiped out a lot of their population as it spread but historical records in the area make it more difficult to get like definitive numbers so what we do know is that in 1346 it hit and devastated the mongol capital of sarai and the people infected there traveled across the black sea into cities uh, that line the mediterranean and basically the story goes there was a group of mongol sailors that got in a fight with some Italian sailors in one of these port cities in the Mediterranean Sea. And the fight goes too far, and one of the Mongol guys gets killed. The Italian sailors flee to the Genoese walled city of Kaffa, thinking that they'll be safe there. So the Mongols are, like, pissed, and they have this huge fleet of soldiers that's, like, standing Dude, right... Dude, the Mongols were crazy. They were crazy as fuck, and they were, like, They did not give a shit. fuck at all. Yes, they Correct. were wild. So, they get really pissed, and they start attacking the city. And this Mongol king named Janiburg, or Janiburg, I don't know how to say his name, I don't know, Mongol inflection. <laughs> Honestly sounded right. Thanks. He starts attacking the city, and before too long, their army gets significantly reduced because of a sickness that's spreading mm. aboard their ships, right? Yep. And the Mongol army is still super pissed, so they catapult infected bodies of their dead over the city walls into Kaffa, spreading the epidemic to the inhabitants inside the city, making the bubonic plague the first recorded use of biological warfare. Imagine being so fucked up to be like, you know what? You know what the fuck I'm about to do? I will light my friend on fire. That is some wild shit. I will put his decaying body from the disease mm-hmm. in a catapult, and I will send him over to fuck you up. In his death, he's going to fuck you Feels up. Feels like everyone's dying here. They were, they were really like, they were going to win. Like, if you started fighting them, they're winning. They winning, period. <laughs> Correct. It, they were really, like, masterful. Like, they were... They're, they did crazy other things, too, that are unrelated to the plague. Feels pretty petty, if I'm being honest. They were, like, very resourceful, really. That is a level, like, they kept the receipts. That is a level of pettiness that I'm fully on board with. Don't ever kill someone of one of our people ever again. Now, you all of everyone that you've ever seen is going to die. I fully believe that. I was reading this, and I was like, that's some wild shit. No, the Mongols did that shit. (laughs) Everyone that you've ever... People you didn't even know about. Everyone's gone. There's like a more boring version where sailors docked into a port, (laughs) rats got off the ship, carried the infection, and then everyone died. Either way, wild shit. The city gets completely decimated. People are going crazy. They're like, 
waving their arms in the streets. Oh, God. Um, And everything is, like, on fire. People are, are wilding. So everyone is trying to get out of the city while it's burning down around them. So some people do so by, you guessed it, getting on boats and going to different cities. Yeah. The only problem here is that they probably carried the infection with them because one of these Genoese ships ends up in Sicily in October of 1347, and the population of that island is, like, quickly decimated. People gather around the docks to, like, welcome a ship into Messina, the port city, and they are met with, like, a horrifying surprise. Nearly everyone on on board the ship is dead or dying, and everyone who is alive is covered in, like, black buboes that are oozing blood and pus. Why didn't they just fucking kill everyone? Correct. So, they start trying- Like, I know that sounds mean, but I would have been like, oh, no. Oh, <laughs> no. Nah. Sorry, you said everyone on board died except you. <laughs> Feels like a no. You dead. So they Actually, s- you ju- they just keep trying to pull up to the port, and we just use Bump a long back, stick. Bump yeah. Keep pushing them back. Get Pushing them back. And that's basically what ends up happening eventually. Um, but it, at first, they're trying to help the sailors, and everyone who's trying to help them becomes ill the next day. And everyone in Messina is, like, dead, like, instantly. Yeah. So people start yeah. fleeing from the horrors of Messina, and they spread it out into the Italian countryside, eventually killing over one-third of Italy's population. That is crazy. So they start calling these death ships, and one of them arrives in Constantinople again, which get, gets infected and loses nearly 90% of its population this time. If you survive, how the fuck do people survive that? I don't know, but they must have felt like fucking chosen, right? (laughs) I would have, I mean, this is, that is the social distancing level Mm -hmm. that I respect. I respect it fully. The people who didn't die were like, get and stay away from me. Get away from me. (laughs) Never come near me. So another death ship from Kaffa comes to the French city of Marseille. And it spreads the disease throughout France. The Iberian Peninsula makes its way up to England, Ireland, and Scotland. And Scotland had avoided the plague so far. And so England was extremely weak. And if you know anything about, like, English-Scottish history, they were like, aw, bitches are weak. Let's get them. Yep. So in 1350, Scotland puts together this huge army, gets ready to attack England. But as soon as they're preparing to, like, lay siege to England, their troops get infected. 5,000 people, like, die on site, and the rest take the disease back to their family, eventually killing over one-third of the population of the country of Scotland. This is what you get for trying to be greedy. (laughs) Trying to take advantage. Trying to snatch some land. You got snatched. So it spread north and east. It (laughs) devastated the population of of Germany, the Persian Empire, Greece, Bulgaria, Romania, Poland, went south to Egypt, and Cyprus, which also gets hit with an earthquake and a deadly tidal wave at the same time. Damn. Literally, every. <laughs> you, it, first of all, you're listing off like every country. And that's every country. And yeah. then it's like also an earthquake, also a tidal wave. Like you uh-huh. cannot. No one. No one's catching a break today. No one's catching a break. Exactly. So if you had a trade route with the outside world, you were basically fucked. So places like Venice tried to keep it under control by sending masked inspectors to check for signs of infection. And then they just burned ships that had people on board with buboes. But they still lost 60% of their population. Jesus. It spread across the Middle East, North Africa, and it just devastated everything it touched. So mass burial sites are left behind. By the end, 
45 to 60 percent of the population of Europe was dead. Most large cities lost between 50 and 80 percent of their inhabitants. Gee, that is crazy. Right. It like I literally I cannot even imagine. So unsurprisingly, people started handling this in very weird and very fucked up ways. Not a surprise. Right. One of them was a religious group of zealots called the Flagellants. That's a name. That's a choice. And they originally popped up in... (laughs) Correct. They popped up in Germany in 1348, but the practice spread throughout Europe. So this basically was a group of men who wore hoods. They walked around half naked. And they started doing this 11th century monk thing where they whipped their own backs with lashes until they were swollen and bloody in an attempt to please God that they thought was, like, mad at them. So they said they they thought the epidemic was, like, a punishment from God for their sins, and they thought they could relieve it by winning God's forgiveness. I have so many thoughts right now. Hitting themselves. <laughs> How self-centered do you have to be that you're like, God's so mad at me Naturally. that he's killing everyone. <laughs> I need to whip myself into a bloody oblivion and then the world will be saved. Correct. Get the fuck out of here. Whip thyself. Yeah. Um, oh, God. Also, it's important to note that these fuckers didn't just do damage to themselves. Wherever this group went, they also spread violent anti-Semitism. Tidal waves. Why the fuck not? Why not? <laughs> they're like everything is going wrong let's like sprinkle in Why? some anti-semitism because of course they did so as the plague moved through austria and switzerland so did the massacre of jewish communities because wow basically as That's it fucked. moved down the rhine river rumors were spread that jewish people had caused the plague by poisoning the wells people think I just can't get into this right now because I'm about to get mad. But again, the self-centered that you think like a group of people is out to poison your well. So you're going to massacre them. Correct. Idiots. So shortly after this, in 1349, 2000 Jewish people in this one community are burnt alive on Valentine's Day in Strasbourg. So... It's crazy, but King Casimir III of Poland actually offered a safe haven to persecuted Jewish people, starting a mass migration to Poland and Lithuania, but all told, over 200 Jewish communities get massacred, mostly by their own neighbors. Wow. Goddamn. Yeah, people were just like, the point of that is that, first of all, anti-Semitism in Europe has been around for a very long time, but also... They were just, like, looking for someone to blame, right? They were, like, freaking out and just, like, looking for someone to go off on. So at the end of the plague, nearly half of the population of Europe was dead. A huge part of the problem had been that poor crop yields in prior years to the plague hitting meant that large swaths of the population were really undernourished, Mm -hmm. likely contributing to weakened immune systems of the entire population, making it easier for the disease to spread from person to person. The poor crop production was brought on by an unfortunate combination of climate change, deforestation, weather patterns, all of this leading to widespread famine. And also, everyone was constantly warring with each other in Europe. Like, England and France were fighting all the time. Yes, all the time. Yeah. And they're just spreading shit everywhere they go. 
So the streets were disgusting. People are literally leaving, like, dead people and waste, like, on the sidewalks. Yeah, they would, like, pour it out their windows. Also, no one took a bath, like, ever. Yeah. Their personal hygiene was rough. They would literally wear the same underwear for, like, multiple years at a time. Stop. (laughs) I know. And none of this helps, like, the spread of bacteria. And keep in mind that also a rat can literally fit through a hole as big as your index finger. I do not fuck with rats. Right. So it was, like, impossible to keep them out of, like, the houses, like, the shacks that the average person lived in. And everyone was... So so basically, the moral of that story was, like, everyone was hungry and dirty and surrounded by rats. God, that's my fucking nightmare. Correct. (laughs) But also, (laughs) they did a study recently, and it couldn't have been just rats transmitting it. Like, it couldn't have spread as wide as it did with just rats. So it was probably, like, people spreading it from human to human contact, like we talked about before. Also, may have been spread by head lice. I don't even want to get into that, because that is disgusting. Yeah. Fortunately, they were able to eventually curb the spread of the pandemic using quarantine measures. We are all professionals in that at this point. Well, not all of us. So some of you motherfuckers still don't wear your masks. <laughs> some people are not ready to quarantine, but everyone is real familiar with quarantine measures these days. And the yeah. OG quarantine happened during the Black Death in the 14th century. France actually forced ships coming into their ports to trade to quarantine for 40 days prior to docking to ensure that there was no trace of the plague on board. In French, quarante means 40, so that's actually where the term quarantine originated from. Isn't that interesting? Mm Mm-hmm. And also, their medical practices at the time were, like, wishful thinking. So everyone has probably seen the plague doctors with, like, the long leather beaks attached to their faces, and they're scary as fuck. So yeah, (laughs) what's kind of cool, though... (laughs) That's a nightmare. ...is that... The plague doctors were actually hired by the cities and required to treat people regardless of their income. Wow, socialism. Like the first socialized medicine, right? Love that. Not the masks, though. No. The scary beaks were actually like leather masks, so they were like protecting themselves physically like we are now with our masks. But if you don't breathe in the aerosolized bacterial particles, you're less likely to get infected. The masks were also filled with herbs like lavender that they believe filtered out the air, but... At minimum, just smelled better. (laughs) At the very minimum, the herbs helped with, like, the smell. Because they're dealing with these, like, sick and dying people that they had to treat. But they weren't... Yeah, it's gross. They weren't really treating people. They were basically just counting how many people died. Oh, never mind. Which is super sad. But... In the wake of the pandemic, there was some silver lining because despite basically everyone dying, it became way easier for the average person to find a job. Goddamn. Because of a lack of a wa- <laughs> right. Because of a lack of a labor force, wages get way higher. Before the plague, nearly 15% of the population was dying of starvation every year. So, with a huge decline in the number of mouths they needed to feed, there was more food available for everyone who had survived. And for rats. But it changed It also changed the way, right, and for the rats, (laughs) but it also changed the way that people thought about and studied medicine forever. So hospitals gained a new importance in the public eye, and with that came additional funding and support, especially from local governments. That's good. Yeah. The crazy thing, though, is that this was a massive, unprecedented evolutionary bottleneck for people and also small mammals who would die from the plague, which, as I mentioned, is still around to this day. 
So outbreaks and epidemics are still technically possible as the bacteria are constantly evolving and antibiotic resistance is still always on the table. The modern variation of the plague has actually already evolved to be resistant to some specific antibiotics. Of course it has. Isn't that crazy? So we have to like change how we deal with... Right. (laughs) I'm fucking scared. I know. I mean, same. Honestly, everyone should be a little scared. Um, Climate scientists actually believe that global warming, which causes things like the flooding that Asia experienced during the 14th century, led to uncertain ecological circumstances that could cause worsened outbreaks, especially in developing countries. So if you weren't already convinced, it's a great time to take climate change seriously, if for no other reason than to avoid another global outbreak of the Black Death. Dum, dum, dum. (laughs) <laughs> so Good that's job. what i know about that <laughs> Ooh, this was nasty very gross did you like it it was it was it was disgusting but thank you for sharing and interesting though right no it was very gross and very interesting yeah Thank you for sharing. That was really interesting and very nasty. Very nasty, very interesting. Follow us on our social media for more nasty and interesting things. Yeah. (laughs) Follow us if you want to see um, pictures of plague doctors. We'll post some of those. Plague doctors. We're really excited to keep bringing you these episodes for free 99. Free 99. No charge. What's up, girl? But if you want to help our business grow, the best way to do it is to subscribe wherever you get your podcast fix, whether that's Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Buzzsprout, whatever you like. Um, so subscribe, leave us a review. <clears throat> What else? Call us, beep us if you want to reach us, if you want to hear a podcast topic. Please don't send us a cease and desist. Disney? (laughs) 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 And we hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for listening. We hope you loved it. Bye. Dance on the way out. Bye.